opportunity today um, to welcome to the stage here in a moment a good friend of mine. Years ago, we moved here 12 years ago to Plant Momentum Church, and um, we started at the Serene Bean. How many remember that wonderful little coffee shop downtown? Yeah, yeah. That place got used so significantly in the early days of our church, and um, we grew there to, you know, maybe maybe a three or four dozen or so before we went to the theater. But when we were there, there was a manager that worked there, and her name was Kelly Thomas, a young woman, very young at the time, still very young. I get myself in trouble talking like that, right? And um, But we got to meet her husband, William, and through the years have just uh, been kind of like a mutual appreciation club, you know. I'm a huge William Thomas fan and have seen him faith, serve faithfully the Lord, have seen him just wherever the Lord has sent him. He's been uh, quick and willing to um, just, God, whatever you want to do in my life. And um, not too long ago, the Lord started to really hone in on their hearts to be able to speak to marriages and speak to people. And he wrote a book, and it's a powerful book. It's out there in our lobby today. And um, so, man, 33 years old, published author. And, and I would like to say as well, because I got to write a, a little forward in there. And so, so, um, so, so I'm a published author too. <laughs> Shut up. No. And so, but, but we've asked William to come today and just bring the word of the Lord and to speak into our lives. And so, if you would, would you please welcome my friend, William Thomas. Go ahead. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Now, I don't, I don't know if this is a, a sign of something to come, but if you don't like what I'm going to say today, no darts, no tomatoes, no booze. So, I don't, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to leave it here on the side for whoever left that. Ross, uh, is, I'm humbled that you would give me that kind of introduction. Uh, I don't think I deserve really those kind words. I was enamored with Ross because he was leading a church and he was pastoring and God was, was doing great things through him. Uh, and I'm grateful to be here. I feel so privileged to have your ear this morning. Uh, as I told the 930 service, uh, this, this, is, this is the second time Ross has got to hear this, but I may say something a little different. So a bit of a disclaimer. If I say something you don't like, it's Ross's fault. So it's, it's his fault. All right. You got the dart. I'm ready for it. <laughs> Ross and I got a chance to, to meet, like he said, because of my wife. She was a barista slash kitchen manager at Serene Bean there in downtown Woodstock. And they hit it off, and, and Ross would come in and study and prepare and, and dream big and cast visions. And, and when I got to meet Ross, I think we were equally interested in each other. We both were from Ohio. O-H. Yeah. Oh, y'all. Y'all got to do better than that. You, you got, I mean, that's part of discipleship. Most centrals tonight, 5 to 8 o'clock, is O-H-I-O. You will learn that chant, all right? That's part of most centrals. But Ross and I hit it off, I think, because I'm loud, as you can tell I'm crazy, as you will find out. Uh, so we, we, we hit it off pretty well. But, but I'm grateful to be here. I, I, I'm going to ask a question, and we're going to spend some time on the question of what is love. Can we do that? All right, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I, I'm just so grateful to present your word to your people. Lord, I, I pray that anything that's in me that you desire to Remove right now, Lord, that you'd remove it. Lord, I pray that you'd indwell me and fill me. Lord, I pray that your word be the word that go forth. We thank you for this time. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Chocolate, dieting, sleeping in, traveling, my wife, my mom, my kids. You all probably see 
seven of those, or all seven of those words there on the screen behind us. And there's something that all seven of those have in common. And that common theme is I've said this week, I love to or about all of those things. Now, not dieting. That's kind of a lie. I just did it to kind of throw you off. But, but I really do love and, and have said love to all those other things. But you see, when I say I love my mom, it doesn't mean I love my kids less. There's an equal sense of love. I do love them both. How, however, the way that I love them is different. I love my mom because she's raised me, she's cultured me, she's grown me to be the man. Uh, my wife has a lot to do with that as well, to, to, that I am now. But I love my kids because I'm responsible for them. I'm responsible to encourage them and admonish them and teach them who they're supposed to be, to be the wives and the husbands that they're going to be called to be. However, Jesus and I got this deal worked out that they won't start dating because the rapture is going to come first. So I've already got that Jesus deal worked out because they ain't not allowed to date my daughters specifically. All right. So, you know, my son, he's a little younger, so he's got some time. But these girls, they're, I, got a, I got a teenager and a right there knocking on the door, preteen. And, 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 and whew, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm outnumbered. It's, it's four, to, four to two. And my son, since he's the youngest, he, you know, he wears the dresses and the wigs and all that, too, because they make them. So, uh, <laughs> but when I say I love my wife, I, I love my wife in a greater and different fashion than when I say I love chocolate, obviously. For you 18 and plus, there's a sanctified imagination there. You can understand I love her differently than I love chocolate. But, but, but don't you think it's important for us to understand the, the, the difference between the way we love? and we, we, we change the standards so much that it's difficult to grasp what love truly is. See, I think discovering the standard is, is critical. Trying not to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't want the dart at me, and I don't want the eyes at me if I say the wrong thing either. <laughs> you all know that, that look. The wife's like, I told you not to tell that. <laughs> but the standards are different. See, I, I grew up at, at, in a, in a single-parent home. My mom was an awesome mom. My dad and I have a great relationship now, but he chose not to be there. Uh, that was his loss, his choice. And, and, and hey, God has redeemed us since then. That, that song was so perfect. I've been redeemed as a, as a child of God, but relationships have been restored. But, but I grew up with a mom who had standards, and your standards may be a little different than mine, but here are some of the standards she had. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. No, ma'am. There was no, yeah, huh, what, huh, huh. No, we didn't do all that. It was yes, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, ma'am, all that stuff. So we said that. So we also had a standard that was 9 o'clock is bedtime. That's what time you go to sleep. I don't care if you're not sleepy. Fall asleep. <laughs> I mean, if you have kids, you know that I can help you go to sleep. All right. we, we, my favorite, or not favorite, if you could really look at it that way, is, is this one. Make sure you get inside the house before the street lights come on, dot, 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 and don't make me yell outside the door to get you. Right, right? You, you better get back. I mean, let that light start flickering on the corner. We knew it's time to get to the house. My wife and I have had the privilege of traveling through all the lower 48 states. And what's funny is over in the western states, the, the speed limit's a little different. It's about 75 to 80 miles an hour. But you know, if I were to come down 575 or even get into Atlanta on 75 and I went 75 to 80 miles an hour, 
I'd be appropriately pulled over and properly ticketed because the standards are different. See, if we have standards for how we're raised and then we have standards that govern how we live, why don't we decide and discern what standard it is that we as Christ followers are to love? Now, as Ross said, I wrote our first book, and, and uh, I've got to plug my book a couple times. And if you don't know what the book's called, it's called It's Not Magic, But It Can Be Magical. I always wanted to do that. I was never good at sports, so I'm like, I never got to do this. You know, like, I scored. No, you didn't. You sat the bench. So, so here we go, right? There we go. I get to do that here, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's my touchdown right there. But in my book, I, I wrote two things in, in chapter 13. I wrote... Life is too short to be miserable. But the second thing I wrote is life is too long to be miserable. You, you get this. We, we've, I'm 33 years old. I've been married going on 16 years now, almost half my life. So when you look at the, the, the span, let's just look from when Christ died. When we started counting in the AD, we've been 2,017 years. So my span of life is incredibly short when you look at that 2,017 years. But again, I've been married 16 out of the 33 years I've been here. So I've been married a long time. Marriage is too long to be miserable with the person you're with. Right? You see, I'm stuck. I'm here. I'm not going nowhere. She's not going nowhere. We're going to figure this thing out. So we need to discover how God has called us to love. I think that's important for those of us who are here that are married. And want to love their spouse the right way. Those who are considering getting married and, 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 and who, who, who want to, to, to have that right relationship. Those of us who lost the marriage because we, we couldn't figure out how to love that person. Or some of us that are struggling through our marriage now and saying this, this spouse is so difficult to love. It's critical that we discover this standard. Now it is the... Sunday before Valentine's Day, and if you don't have the amount of money to get the Rise Women's Retreat, and you still need a gift, we can help you outside in the back after service, all right? A little less expensive, however we want you to go to Rise, but, but we can take care of you. It's a little bit of discounted price compared to Rise. <laughs> That's my second plug. I got a couple more, right? I'm allowed to do that. <laughs> that was awesome. You are an athlete? I wasn't. <laughs> Who did I hit? All right, good. I told you. I told you. One athlete. <laughs> it wasn't an athlete at all. That actually worked right into the sermon there, didn't it? <laughs> With it being the, the Sunday before Valentine's Day, there's so many topics, so many passages that we could walk through. We could get into John 3.16, familiar passage, where it says that God so loved that he gave. So we could, we could, we could talk about that today and we'd be all right. We could go into 1 Corinthians and we could get into chapter 13 and we can talk about how love is patient and love is kind and what it does not do as far as envy and boast and, and we'd be perfectly okay with that passage. But here's a favorite of mine that we're going to discuss today in chapter 15 of, uh, of Luke. And, and these are some familiar stories uh, as Pastor Corey said. These are things that we've heard growing up if we grew up in church and maybe we become dull to or insensitive to we're going to walk through a few things. Jesus is telling a story, and, and, and I want you guys to grasp this context. He's talking to regular 
folks. He's not talking to theologians. He's not really talking to, to folks that are beyond brilliant. He's just talking to us regular old kind of people. And then he tells three stories. In the first of these stories, he talks about two sons. He talks, excuse me, he talks about a, a, a man who's a sheep owner, a sheep herder. He's a shepherd. And, and what happens is he's got a hundred sheep that he's responsible for. And, and one of those sheep, they, they go missing. And we see that this, this, this shepherd leaves the 99 that are safe and goes to find the one that is lost. In the second story, Jesus tells us about a young lady who has a necklace of 10 coins. And she loses one of these coins and she begins to frantically search. And you've got to understand the context of this coin. It's, it's, it's not just, I had 10 pennies, I lost one. No, no, no. Back in that culture, when a woman was to be engaged or when she was betrothed to be married to, to a, a partner, a spouse, their parents would give them a, a necklace of coins as basically a contract or a gift to seal it with that new husband. So, so if you're still not following me, that's an engagement ring. So you understand the concept. She lost a diamond in the ring or she lost the ring altogether, and now she's frantically looking. Y'all, y'all got that picture? Now, I, I don't know about you. I've got a couple of uh, schooling degrees, stuff like that in religion, and, and, and I'm not a really a smart guy. Um, but I do take tests very well, so they give me degrees when you take, you know, take tests well and all that. But, but when I read my Bible, King James is okay, but I don't do the thou, ah, that's hard for me. Okay, and in NIV, it's all right, but sometimes it's just too many thes. So when I read, I have to read the WTT, which is the William Thomas translation. And in my translation, there's pictures, there's diagrams, and there's videos. So with my sanctified imagination, I'd like for you all to see how I believe she was looking for this lost coin. Can I get an amen? I mean, has anybody ever lost keys, phones, I mean, a a wallet, lost all three at the same time? I mean, I'm guilty. My my wife is like, if you just put the keys on the hook by the door, if you put your phone on the charger and get off of it, if you put some money in the wallet, you know where it's at. Amen. 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 You see, what's ironic, though, is when we know what, where the wallet is or when we know where the phone is or we know where the keys are, there's really no big fanfare. We, it's just there. There's no big deal. But, but when we've lost those things and they are returned to us or we find them, man, we are ready to pop open the, the apple cider, right, the apple cider, uh, uh, to put a chicken on the grill and, and light some fireworks. There's a, a party going on when we find those things. And this is what the scripture says in Luke 15. It says that when they found the sheep or the coin, they threw a party. They invited their friends because what they lost, they had found. And we're going to walk through this last of the three stories that Jesus is telling. And and this is where we're going to spend the remainder of our time this morning. Jesus tells the story of, of two sons. And, 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 and you got to catch this. I, I mean, this is a whole nother message if you want to unpack this. But the son basically says, hey, daddy, 
we really aren't that tight. Our relationship's not that good. You're pretty much dead to me anyway because we have no relationship. You're dying too slow, living too long. You're not dying fast enough. So why don't you just give me my money now? If that ain't a sermon for you, right? I can't imagine going to my dad. Even though we didn't have a relationship growing up, I can't imagine saying, hey, dad, man, you ain't dying quick enough, brother. I'm going to need a little something right now. But that's exactly what this son did. And then he's got a father that, that, that gathered his stuff up, took an inventory, and said, hey, here goes your long ago everything was written. I have an idea, but I'm pretty sure there was no Snapchat, Twitter, or MySpace, or any of that, Facebook, all that, right? So we don't know exactly what he did with this money, but what we do know is he got out of Dodge. He went as far away as Uber would take him. I mean, he, he got out. He went from Rome, Georgia to Rome, Italy, from Athens, Georgia to Athens, Greece. He, he said, I'm going far away. And what we know happens in the story is eventually he runs out of money. He, he, he squanders everything he has. And, and, and I'd like to imagine this guy is, he's kind of like me. You know, I, 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 I was telling Brantley earlier that I think it's hard for me to let people serve me because I watched my mother extend herself as a single mom, and I, I feel like I have to do it all on my own. And I believe this guy was just like this. He says, no, nah, I can't go back to daddy. I, 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 I don't have any friends, and I ran out of money, so I got to do something. So he gets a job. And for most of us, we have an idea of what we want to be when we get older. I promise you, the job he's about to take is not the job he longed for. He, see, he didn't get a great job or a good job or a decent job, or an okay job, or even a job. He got the worst job you could imagine. You see, he got a job feeding and caring for and cleaning after, cleaning up after pigs. Now, I don't know if you know anything about animals, and especially if you don't know anything about pigs, but pigs eat, sleep, and peep all in the same place. And it's all mixed around. So you, you're getting my, 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 you know, my imagery here of, of what he's doing and his, what his job has entailed. And, and, and what happens is, is, is he gets so desperate. I, I, I've never been, you know, I've, I've been like, like, oh, God, I'm hungry. But I'm going to Publix, you know, get them chicken wings for $9.99, right? I, you know, he, he, he didn't have that. He didn't have that ability to do that. So he gets so destitute, so, so down on his luck that he actually begins to want the food that he's feeding the pigs. Now, I love the way the Bible is. The, the, the Bible breaks it down so we can grasp it. But when you start looking at the etymology and, and, and you look at how the, the hermeneutics of the word, when you, when you study, it, it says that he begins to yearn, lust, desire strongly to fill his belly with the slop the pigs are eating. I mean, that's, that's pretty desperate. I mean, some of us have been hungry. You know, my kids, I'm starving, Daddy. I'm starving. You ate two hours ago. I mean, that's just what they do. I'm like, but, but this, this costs money. It, it's, it's, it's expensive, right? I mean, seriously. But, but this, this boy, is, he is so down on his luck. But you know what? He finally comes to his senses. And this is what he says. He says, I will go back to my father, and I'll say, Father, against you I've sinned. I, I no longer am deserving of being called your son. Just make me like a hired hand. 
see, you, you got to understand, what, what he's saying is, is even the slaves and the servants and the workers in my daddy's house, at least they can eat real food. At least they can sleep on a, a real bed. I'm, I'm sleeping in here in the slop with the pigs. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. So, so I just, I, I love what Jesus does. Jesus is so awesome. See, up until this point, understand who's in this crowd. There, there's, there's shepherds. There's goat herders. There's, there's people who understand if you lose a sheep, you go get it. So they're okay with the man leaving his 99 and getting the one. They're okay with that. And then there's some women who are dreaming of that, that day to be married or they're thinking about their wedding night or wedding day. There's the fathers who are looking back and saying, man, look at my daughter. She's about to get married. There's the, there's the old married men who are looking back and thinking about, man, what a day that was to be married. And they get she lost the engagement ring. you got to go find it. So they're okay with that. But, but Jesus is about to blow their minds. See, this son gets up, and as he's making his way, Scripture says that while he was yet a far away off, the father saw him, had compassion on him, ran to him, put his arms around his neck and hugged him, and then kissed him. Now, I... I, I, I I don't know about you, but my kids are disgusting, okay? Um, they, they, you know, I, I don't drink. If there's less than that much left in the bottle, I don't drink after them because that's not Sprite, okay? And not Sprite, that's spit, okay? That's what that is, right? So I, I, I'm not kissing my kids like that, okay? I, you, you dirty and nasty. We not, we not, mm, oh, I love you. No, no, you, you know, I love you. That's what you get, right? You got to go wash that. But this is what this father did. <laughs> I like to have fun. My, my faith is fun. My, my Bible is awesome. So I, I, don't, I hope you don't mind that I'm, I'm having a bit of fun up here. I, I love to read into the Bible what, what it says. I like to take the pictures out of it. So it's, it, it, this, 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 this story is, is, is just amazing. And but, but, but what you really don't get is, is, is he's about to go one step further. He's, they already didn't understand why he's accepting this son back and why he's so happy. He says, get him the best. Get, get, get him the best robe. Get him a ring for his finger. Get him some new sandals. Go get the biggest cow, bull, calf, him or he or her. Or I don't want to you know, sound wrong if I say the wrong you know, pronoun, but get the animal and kill it. And we're going to throw a party. Because my son, who was, who was dead, is now alive. My, my son, who was lost, is now found. Now, before we try to answer this question of what is love, let, let's, let's, let's talk about what it's not. Can we do that for a minute? I'm going to be honest with you. As I was preparing, as I was reading and studying, I've read Luke 15 Countless times. I, I, you know, I always thought it was about the son that was coming back. The son he's restored. And, and yes, that's it. But it's telling me, William Thomas, you're not loving right. What love is not is thinking we're owed something. You see, see, this son went to this dad and said, give me what's mine. Ain't none of it yours. <laughs> see, my kids got this habit. They do this thing. Uh, hey, daddy, uh, uh. 
uh, you, you, you know, you didn't, you didn't wash my clothes. No, I didn't wash my clothes. I paid for them. Daddy, how can you take my phone? It's my phone. I pay the Wi-Fi, okay? Uh, I pay for that service. You know, that background you got, I pay that 999 for that. I pay for that screen cover, that protector. That's my stuff. Ain't nothing yours. If you want to, take what you got and leave. Bye. You know? And, and I'll take that skin, them body, that eyes, that spirit, that heart, because that's all mine too and hers. Mostly hers and I get to claim a little bit of credit, right? But we think we're owed something. See, see, I, 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 I wrote this chapter in our book, third plug. It's called The Myth of 50-50. See, 50. Say, hey, honey, I've come 50% of the way. You owe me the other 50. No, 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 no. What I say is, baby, I'm going the whole 100, and if you want to come with me, we're in this together. Let's do it. That's, we're not owed anything. Love is not getting all that we want. See, we got this rationale. I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's our American culture, or maybe it's just innate selfishness. But we have this culture that says, if, Lord, if you give me this, if you give me that, or if you give me him, or you give me her, I'll do this. We, we think if we get all we want, that's love. My kids think if I give them everything they want, that means I show my love to them by giving all they want. And we know that as parents, if we're parents in here, that's not how we exhibit our love. The son got everything he wanted. He still was not satisfied. Love is not insincere contrition. See, see, this is, I just, I'm a picture guy. I mean, I need to see what's happening. This is, this is what the son was doing. Let me just tell you. You know how we're about to do our apology and, you know, we, we broke the lamp and we don't want mama to whoop us. Right? You know, I don't know if y'all still give whoopings, but I got some. And I wish I could give some now. I'm just too tired and lazy. Got four kids. It's like, look, just go to your room and turn on the TV. You know, that's the punishment now. <laughs> But this is what the son is doing. I can see him. He's, he's prepping. I mean, he's got, his, he's got his little sad walk and shoulders hunched over. You know, he's in the Uber crying, you know, just getting ready for this, this speech he's about to give. Love is not a shallow, surface-level, phony apology simply just to restore what has been lost. That's not love. This is my favorite. Love isn't fair. I mean, if I had a dime for every time I heard or said love is not fair, it's crazy. I'd be a millionaire, I'm sure, because I've said it a lot. If we're not careful, we become like this brother. This is, see, sometimes when God gives us stories, he kind of throws an auxiliary character in there, and we, we're like, oh, he's not the main character, so God couldn't be teaching us anything from him. Like, oh, no, 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 no. That's exactly sometimes who we act like is this brother. Let me, let me read to you in Luke 15, starting in verse 28. What this brother does, the older brother became angry, and the reason he became angry is because they're throwing a party, a celebration for this dude, this brother, this lost son that's been gone, and he refuses to go into the party, so his father went out and pleaded with him, but he answered his father, he says, look, all these years I've been slaving for you, I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends, but when this son of yours who has squandered all your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf. <laughs> this is what we do. We just go to the extreme. We, we say, you've never given me anything. How many kids said that before? <laughs> he, he, says, he says that. He says that. He says, look, I've, I've slaved for you. I've worked so hard. I bet you he slacked off too. He, he said, 
He said that I've, I've never disobeyed. Oh, I promise you it's a little hard-headed, but didn't obey everything. He, he said, you've, you've never given me a, 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 a anything. I, I never had a young goat to go hang out with. My friends, you never, you never bought me that car for my 16th birthday. You never gave me any food. I never got to eat anything. That's what we do. That's what this older brother is doing. He says, you never let me hang out with my friends. No, that's not true because you were outside on the playground with Johnny and, and, and Zach and, and Jeremy the other day. And then he, he, he goes the coup de gras. I, I mean, he is just building his case. He's a horrible lawyer, just so you know. So don't argue this never and always. It never works. It always loses, I promise. But what he says is this son of yours, he done took all your money. And, and, and he, he, he just creates the biggest story. We, the Bible didn't tell us what he spent his money on. And he obviously doesn't know because he's surprised there's a party going on. So he has no, he has not talked to the brother yet. He says he takes all this money and he spends it on the women of the night. I mean, if you could make up a story, that's the, the biggest one you can go. He was out there shacking up, right? That's what he said. <laughs> Y'all think it's funny, but we do that. We do that to our spouses. I mean, I, 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 I'm not proud to say this, but I've told, you, I've told my wife, Kelly, you you. Never, you never treat me like his wife treat him. I'm always doing all this. You never give me any recognition for what I'm doing. I'm always at home by myself. I mean, I've said stuff like that, even though she don't go nowhere. But, but I've said stuff like that and all kind of always and never. We do that. If we're not careful, we become like this brother that we think is just the auxiliary part of the story. But for a lot of us, that's who we are. We struggle to love. We we, we struggle to love our spouses, our family, our friends, our church, and especially those that are not our friends or our family, that don't look like us, talk like us, come from where we come from. We struggle to love. So let's answer this question. What is love? What is love? Love is giving it when it's not deserved. This, this, this son didn't earn any of this money that his father gave him. Yet his father gave it to him even though he did not deserve it. Love is looking for what is lost. You understand the reason that the father saw the son while he was a far away off. It's because he was actively looking for him. See, see, looking for lost communication, lost trust, a bond. We, we're, we're looking to, to, to find that which was lost. In our seminars that we do for marriages, we have a workbook. And one of the things that we say in our workbook is there's value in looking. Looking for what's lost. Looking for ways to serve, to cherish, to encourage, to contribute. We, we talk about those things. Love is looking for what has been lost. There's some people that have lost some things in a room this size, no doubt. Especially in, in the area of marriage. Love restores right standing. What, what it's, it says that we're going to come back in, into the, to the, to, to the, to the fold. It also is filled with compassion. You see, when, when my wife hurts, I'm hurting with her. When, when I start to doubt that 
I'm where God has called me to be. When, when, I, when, I, when I start to, to, to believe the lie of Satan that I'm worthless, that I've done too much wrong, that I can't be useful, I'm just some 33-year-old black kid that barely made it through high school that somehow decided to go to the Navy, really didn't do too well, got kicked out the Navy because of health issues, that, that barely made it through school. I didn't graduate summa cum laude or magna cum laude. I graduated thank you laude. So, I, I mean, when, when, I, when, I, when I start to believe those things, my wife, because she's filled with compassion, stands beside me and says, no, you're everything that God has called you to be, even though I don't see it yet. See, God sees us in our perfected state. He sees us as if we already were there. He doesn't look at me and say, oh, you used to be that wretched, lost, wicked, no good. He says, you're perfect in my eyes because Christ covers you. So that's how he sees me. And my wife reminds me because she's filled with compassion because she loves me. That ring on that finger that that father gave, you got to understand, if you go back into the, the times of, the, of that day, a ring was important. See, when, when the king was getting ready to transition the power and the ownership of the kingdom to his son, he would give him a signet ring to say, look, you, you are the rightful benefactor of this kingdom. See, what he's doing is he's restoring that standing. Love extends forgiveness. Last plug. In my book, I wrote on <laughs> page 34. <laughs> Just so you know, I know the page. <laughs> that it's time for us to get past the pettiness. I mean, that's spiritually, socially, politically, let, 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 maritically. Let, let's get past the garbage that's holding us back. Look, I got a long time with this beautiful woman. I got, I got to get past this petty stuff, this stuff that don't matter. That's not going to make or break us. Why would, I, why would I defraud our marriage by holding on to stuff that don't matter? I, I mean, her, she, we can't think alike. You know why? Because we have different lives. We grew up differently. We, we were different people. Sorry, I had to plug that book. I, I, I hope you don't mind. I, and I know the page number. I do, do apologize for that. But love gives without measure. You see, the, the, the father had already given the son his rightful inheritance up front. So there's nothing else that he's deserving of, if you could call it deserving. But yet and still, he gave him everything else when he came back. See, love is not a tank that runs out. It, the, the gauge on the love tank never goes below full. It, it, it cannot wane. It cannot decrease. It's inexhaustible. It never runs out. Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23 say this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and self-control. And then 23 is it's the kicker. It says, against these things, there is no law. You know, Ross, um, and, and I said this to you at 9.30, but he's never going to tell me, William, you, you loved your wife too much. He's not going to say, those four kids that I blessed you with, you loved them way too much. He's not going to tell me that I love my church or my neighbors or my lost friends. He's not going to tell me that the refugee that came that I love too much, or the immigrant that's here, I love too much. He's not going to say the person who chooses to live a 
a lifestyle that's different than mine, that, that, that chooses to be same-sex attracted. He's not going to say, I love them too much. He's not going to say the one that hated you, despised you, talked about you, cussed you out, talked behind your back, spit in your drink, threw food on you. He's not going to say, threw the dart at you. He's never going to say you love them too much. Against these things, there is no law. So what is love? God is. Simply put, God is. See, there's people in this audience that I know are struggling to understand that God can love me in spite of all the things I've done. I've, I've done so much that I've gone so far that there's no way God would want me or need me or use me or could love me. Well, Luke 15 says differently. There's some in here who are struggling in a marriage or left a marriage or lost a marriage who are saying there's no way I can put up with this stupid, selfish spouse anymore. Well, Luke 15, Jesus' words say different. There's some of you who are looking for a, a church home and, and say, look, I, I've been through so many churches. I've got so much baggage. I've got so much mess. There's no way they could love me here. Luke 15 says otherwise. Let's pray. Dearly Father, there, there's people in here that I, I know that are dealing with, with, with baggage. We all have it. Lord, are dealing with the ability to be loved or the ability to love. Lord, I pray that you would show yourself so clear to them. We don't need people to stand up or wave their hand or, or come forward. Lord, just deal with them where they're at. Show yourself so powerfully. They understand that God is love. Lord, that you love them. Lord, we just thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that you'd work in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 It's been a joy through the years to watch these two really live that out. And one of the things I think they do that's so special, they've been married 16 years now. And a few years ago, they started this thing where on the day of the, of the month, for them, it's this year, it's 16. Um, every 16th of every month, they go do something special, a very special date. It's ridiculous. But it's so honoring to each other, and it's beautiful, and and I'm just so proud of you too. And and I just know um, I want you guys. I obviously go check their book out, but but grab something that you can remember them by. Be praying for them. Don't you know God's going to use this couple powerfully, man? Man, all over the country. I'm telling you, it's awesome. And um, so we're just so thankful that you were here today, my brother and sister, and, and just so, um, just um, I don't know, I feel like like we just saw something amazing today in the sense that that um, early in this ministry we got to see. Um, God, um, the, the makings of a giant in the faith. Amen? I believe that with all my heart. I really do. And as long as Kelly doesn't kill him. No, she's the one that's making you a giant, brother. Amen? And so, Well, um, a couple things I, I just want to draw your attention to. Um, we are going to be going on a missions trip starting on Saturday to Haiti. So let me put a picture up here. This is our team that's going to Haiti. And minus a few. I think there was 13 of us going not everybody was able to go on to get the picture, but but please be praying for this team. We're going to collectively pray here, and um, and if you can take the bulletin or something that you can be remembering starting this coming Saturday to the following Saturday, just cover them in prayer, okay? And so we're going to do something old school. Is that all right? Say old school. All right, stretch your hands toward the screen, all right? Just a point of contact. Jesus, together we just believe for this team that you will be seen 
in Jesus' name. God, that, that as they go forth, whatever it is that those missionaries were going to lift their arms up, ask of us, God, allow us to have strength and just um, freedom and humility just to do whatever they call us to do, Jesus. And again, that lives would be touched and changed. Um, already you're using James and Rachel in that, 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 that country. And so, Lord God, we ask that you would just allow us to partner with them this week and serve them well in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Fuel for the Journey. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.